Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our uh, Tuesday morning devotion here on uh, oh various pages, I suppose. Uh, good to be with you again today. Uh, you know, I I don't know how you're feeling right now um, in the midst of <laughs> still being sort of shut down and um, and all, but uh, but yesterday I found myself feeling uh, just frustrated, uh, frustrated with the whole situation. Um, and you know, as I sort of survey, uh, where I've been through the last number of weeks, I think I've felt just about every emotion, you know, uh, during this thing. Um, and I'm, I frankly, just to be real with you, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired. I'd love to be back to some sense of, uh, predictability and stability, some sense of normal, um, you know, recognizing that we may still be a ways off from that, um, you know, whatever normal will be after this and understanding that, you know, for the time being, uh, we need to do our best to, um, obey those who are, um, you know, in charge and appointed, uh, over us in government and in various other, um, agencies and things. And so there's this tension flowing. And, uh, as I thought about that, that tension, uh, yesterday, as I was sort of thinking about what I would talk about today, um, one of the Psalms that stuck out to me was Psalm 42 and actually Psalm 42 and 43, which I think are, uh, uh originally anyway, probably, uh, written together. And, uh, the reason it came to mind is because the Psalms, uh, these two Psalms are written from the perspective of somebody who is longing to be back together with the people of God, worshiping God in the temple of God. And yet because of some reason or another, probably uh, exile of some sort, he is not allowed to gather with the people of God. And so his worship and his writing happens in the midst of a desert place, in the midst of a place in which he's forbidden from doing what he most wishes he could do in the moment. and. And so I thought it highly appropriate for just kind of where I was at. And I'm guessing I'm not the only one that probably a good number of you were there too, um, to go ahead and look at this Psalm this morning with all that in mind, the context that I've just given you hear what the Psalmist says as a deer pants for flowing streams. So pants my soul for you. Oh God. Now I know that, Probably many of you have sung that hymn as the deer. Um, and sometimes, you know, we sort of sing it. We don't really think about the context, but a deer, what's being pictured here is a deer in the midst of drought and he can't find a source of fresh water. And the deer is literally breathing heavily because he's overheated in the midst of the desert. And he knows that the only thing that will give him some reprieve is water. In the same way, this man is comparing his situation to that deer. And he's saying, my soul feels parched and dry. It feels like it's stuck in, in a desert right now because I, I can't, I feel distant from you, God. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, again, you have to picture he, he's longing to be in the temple where you went to worship the Lord. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, 
how I would go with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Again, you can see the temple imagery there. You can see him longing to be gathered with the people of God. I, I have to acknowledge I have, uh, over the last number of weeks as we've gathered online for Sunday worship services, uh, preaching into a camera, uh, into a phone, is just uh, in some ways much more exhausting to me than being able to be with the people of God. I too long to be with the people of God. I too long to gather at the altar together and to worship God in communion with one another. And doing it online, I'm thankful that we can do it for right now, but it just doesn't compare to being together in person. And so I relate to this psalmist longing to be together with the people of God in worship and praise. I also want to point out something as we go through this psalm. There's a sense in which the psalms are, as is the rest of Scripture, on the one hand, depicting a man's real experience in the moment. This man really is a man in exile, feeling abandoned and feeling far from God. But it also is always, you always have to remember to read this with the voice of Christ as well. And if you do that, if you go back through this, you can't help but think about Christ hanging on the cross and feeling forsaken by his father, especially when you read uh, people saying to him all the day long, where is your God? Where is your God? Well, that was indeed some of the cries that were coming to Jesus on the cross as he felt uh, abandoned and forsaken. So the psalmist goes on, and again, you can, you can read this as the voice of Jesus as well from the cross. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him my salvation and my God. Do you see once again how the psalmist, the psalmist is sort of coaching himself. He's talking to his soul. We've seen this in other psalms as we've gone through this. He's saying to himself, it's not always going to be like this. I know that one day, I know that one day I will praise him again. I will be together with the people of God. I will be uh, restored to that place where I won't feel abandoned and parched in, uh, in this desert. And so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let my soul stay where I feel right now. I'm going to pin my hopes on what's coming. And oh, how important that is for you and I to do each and every day. I think part of the process of sort of uh, the daily repentance that the believer goes through is this reminder when we repent, we're reminding ourselves that no matter how distant we may feel or no matter what we did the day before that makes us feel uh, like we're separated or abandoned, the reality is, is that we are never going to be separated from God, that our hope is sure and steadfast and immovable. So he goes on in the rest of verse six, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan. See how far away he is from Jerusalem and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. I'm, I know I'm far away from where the people of God have typically gathered, but even still, I'm gonna worship you here. I'm gonna worship you no matter where I'm at. Verse seven, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. 
Now, this is an interesting verse because I, I, I've heard this actually quoted in worship songs as a sort of uh, expression of God's uh, love encompassing us and God's care encompassing us, his spirit washing over us. Sometimes people have thought about this in terms of baptism because, again, it's this water imagery. And that certainly could be valid in the sense that in baptism uh, we, we die and are raised again. But, but here in this context, the psalmist is not using this as an expression of celebration. As a matter of fact, he's saying, I feel overwhelmed by the flood. Even though I'm in this drought, I feel like I'm drowning. That's the imagery that he's using here. Deep is gone over deep, and I'm, I, I'm having trouble treading water here, is what he's saying. Nevertheless, what does he say? What does he go on to say? Verse 8. By day, the Lord commands his steadfast love. There's those words again. We've seen them so many times throughout the Psalms and throughout all of the Old Testament, the steadfast, immovable, faithful love of God. And at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Do you see the, the soul's wrestling match that's going on here in this Psalm? On one verse, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember the steadfast love of God. That's where I'm pinning my hope. But why have you forgotten me? And why do I go mourning? This is the tension. This is the struggle of every believer in every sphere of life. I think sometimes people who don't believe think that those who do believe uh, sort of unflinchingly you know, just go about it with ease, that belief is just an easy thing for us. The truth is, Christians are utterly more aware of what it's like to swing between two poles, as this psalmist declares here. To be on the one hand, uh, declaring that they're going to pin their hopes on the steadfast love of God, and yet at the same time, also struggling with real feelings like, why have you forgotten me? Verse 10, as with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Again, you can't help but think about Christ hanging from the cross as people are taunting him. But again, what does he say? Verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me for the second time? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Chapter 43, vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people from the deceitful and unjust man. Deliver me. Again, listen to Christ declaring this, praying this from the cross. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemy. So what's the plea? As you feel these feelings, as Christ felt those feelings on the cross, as he says, why have you forsaken me? Verse 3, the plea is, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill. That's a, a reference to the temple and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me, in me? As so often happens in the Psalms, the psalmist is pictured wrestling and struggling and fighting with his emotions, and yet also at the same time pinning his life on the truth of God. And by the end of it, that's where it all comes down to. Because once again, what does he say? Why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. It shouldn't stay there. Why? Because hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And indeed, that is what happened when Christ rose from the grave. Christ did indeed uh, show himself to be vindicated and his cause was true. And that is where we pin our hope today. No matter where we're feeling, whether we're feeling like the deer that's panting for water and feels like we can't find the source of water, whether we're feeling fairly content today and, you know, the day is looking up. Maybe, you know, you woke up this morning and the sun's shining bright like a red rubber ball, as the old song says, and you're feeling okay. Wherever you're at, whatever you're feeling, the same is true for both sides of the spectrum this morning. Hope in God. For you shall again praise him. He is your salvation and your God. Jesus Christ has ensured that's the, that's the case and will continue to ensure that the, that's the case because of his steadfast, immovable love for you. So that is good news for you today and our encouragement as we move forward throughout this day. I pray the Lord's richest blessings upon you as you move from here and uh, into your Tuesday. Have a great day. Have a great week. God bless.